Hi, welcome to Almost Cooperstown. I'm Mark, and this is Gordon, and we love talking about baseball. Hi, welcome to Almost Cooperstown. Uh, my name is Gordon. Uh, we're here this week with Sean Foreman, uh, the creator of Baseball Reference, which honestly, we probably would not have nearly the successful podcast without because we use it all the time, literally in the middle of episodes. I we actually just will look up stats in the middle of it. So we're very lucky to have you here today, Sean. Thank you for coming on. Pleasure to be here. Thank you for having me. And so, I mean, honestly, one of the things I kind of wanted to ask you about was actually starting baseball reference because you started it back in like 2000 while you were still a grad student and i mean i was still i was just getting on the line at the time i was only like 12 so but like even i remember it was like we was like myspace was still like a pretty big thing back at the time like what existed out on the internet at that time for stuff like baseball uh there there wasn't a whole lot i think that you know even back then mlb.com was uh was actually owned by a law firm and uh (laughs) it was it was still majorleaguebaseball.com i I don't think they bought them out until like maybe 2003 2004 or something like that but um yeah there there wasn't there it there, there was a lot for currencies and information for like ESPN had a partnership with Starwave. I don't know if uh, that's way back when, but they would have, you know, currencies and stats and things like that. But I, I was always big into the history of, of baseball. And, and I wrote for a book called the big bad baseball annual uh, for a number of years. And, and I really just thought that, you know, I, I have had those big baseball encyclopedias, you know, that are, 1300 pages or more, 2000 pages and weigh about 13 pounds. Um, And I really thought that the web would be a great way to present that information because you could be on Joe DiMaggio's page. You could look, click on, you know, 1930, 1940 Yankees, see all of his teammates, go to their page, see all the stats there, be a lot faster than thumbing through the book and finding all those pages. So I, to me, it felt like a real natural fit for what the web was in terms of hypertext and things like that. And so, you know, it was really mostly to scratch my own itch. I did not have any intention of it being, a, you know, an ongoing business or anything like that. It just kind of has grown organically uh, from that point. And, and so, you know, I did it part time for so the basics, I just created very basic pages, uh, all the player pages, team pages, um, leaderboards. Um, league pages and that's really about it those were the main uh main pages that we had on the site uh and then from there it's just kind of grown you know by leaps and bounds over the last 20 years so it's it's really about um you know about just putting in a little bit of time here you know every day to make it work you know just a lot of steps to getting to where we're at right now i'd say well i'm sure it's more than a little time right it was a lot of time (laughs) It's a lot of time. It's been many, many hours over the years. Yes. My, my, my wife early on was wondering like, why are you up at, you know, 1230 at night, you know, <laughs> working on this when, uh, when, when you could be doing other stuff. So it's, it's, yeah, they're, they're, she's been very patient. I've been very fortunate, uh, you know, that, uh, to have an understanding family, uh, you know, along the way. I think what's interesting, what's part of that is that we actually spoke with uh, Jillian Gee, who was the score, one of the official scorers for the Rockies earlier this year. Okay. And she was talking about like what she has to go through when she's actually scoring a game. But like we see it on baseball reference stuff gets updated like 
at the same speed the official scorers are basically doing that. So how are you guys able to get that data up updated on baseball reference so quickly? Yeah, so we're yeah, we're not we're definitely not live. We're updating the next morning, you know, as 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 game results come in. I um yeah, it, it's we you know, so there's a lot of people perceive that we're like watching the games and entering the data, but that's not what we do at all. We, <laughs> we, we are, um, you know, we're, we're working with uh, data partners who do have people watching the games, entering mm-hmm. the data, and then they license that out to third parties. So, you know, that business, what when we started was not a huge business. We actually didn't update until like the end of the year for the first six years. It wasn't until I started full time that we actually updated daily. Um, and so we've been able to, you know, work with partners who will send us a feed of data. You know, we pay them uh, an amount of money, and 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 then we have programs that take that data, put it into our database, rerun. We don't rerun everything because we we don't need to rerun like a 1954 box score, but we rerun a lot of player pages, a lot of team pages, and uh, and then upload it onto the site. So it, the whole thing is about a hour and a half to two hour process each morning gets longer as the season goes on because you have to, we're rebuilding all of the box scores every day for all the, for the season. Um, but it, it's, yeah, it's about an hour and a half to two hour process and it's all on, you know, on, on a good day, everything's automated. It, you know, it kicks off at like 4am and by the time I wake up, the site's updated and, and I, I, I don't manage the day to day anymore for the site, but it, you know, the, per, the programmer who does it, you know, by the time he wakes up, hopefully the site's already updated. It, it, it kind of ends up a little bit, I thought, but now to describe it, maybe I'm not as sure as being sort of a Wikipedia for sports content, uh, obviously across the sports reference family. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, we, we certainly, you know, Wikipedia is, is um, I mean, truth be told, probably one of our leading competitors for, for sharing and providing oh. sports data. I, I mean, it, it's, I, but it, it, in a friendly way. It, you know, yeah, I, they're I, very I, different, so I, I wouldn't. So yeah, I, like, I, I would never think of you guys, because like, to me, if I wanted stats, I would always go to, like, one of your pages first compared to Wikipedia, because it's not, Wikipedia is not laid out for yeah, it like yours are. right. right. <laughs> Yeah, it's I, probably it's more maybe more relevant in a in a sport like soccer. There, there, mm. you know, we, we see a lot more people uh, going to the mm. uh, Wikipedia for soccer than for our site. But it's yeah, it's I mean, it's it, we, the the thing about obviously Wikipedia, they're not automatically updating their their pages. Somebody right. an editor has to go in there and do it. So right. we, you know, we're able to leverage what we do, and and um, but I do think in the sense of trying to compile like all the relevant information and put it into a cohesive whole. You know, I think Wikipedia, IMDB, uh, places like that are kind of, you know, I'd say our brethren in, in, in trying to do this. Just um, just this year, um, you guys made a, a, a point about Negro League ball players and adding those stats. And um, I, I'd like you to talk about that a little bit. We would. Uh, but I, we noticed when we go in there that baseball reference uh, lists about 22,500 players that have played yeah. the game. But when we're doing our calculations, and there's a point to this, right? We, we thought there's about 20,000 players that have played the game. And, and, and we do that because our, our theory is we could have more folks in the Hall of Fame and still keep it under 1.5%. Well, that kind of works at 20,000. If you added 30 guys or so, you'd still be just under 1.5%. But right. at 22,000, that's even better. So please talk <laughs> about that a little bit. Sure. So we, yeah. So at the start of the year, we, we, um, we, we were at, we actually, it was noted, like, I think maybe in, it was either May or June, we crossed the 20,000 threshold, um, which, which was short-lived for that player because we, um, 
you know, in, in, in the middle of the season, we launched uh, working with Seam Heads, um, a, a major addition to the site where we're able to add, um, we, we, we started recognizing the uh, Negro Leagues from 1920, the major Negro Leagues from 1920 to 1948 as major league on our site. So we had always had Negro League stats, uh-huh. um, but we just for historical reasons had not really incorporated it into the major league uh, database. And when we did that, that obviously added several thousand additional players to our database hundreds of teams, um, you know, hundreds of ballparks as well. Uh, and so now we, we list all those stats uh, side by side and, and um, you know, include them in league leaders and all that kind of stuff. So, you know, seasonal leaders and, and career leaders and things like that. So it's, you know, that was a big step forward. We're really proud of that work. And, and, and um, you know, we're fortunate to have good partners with that. And, and it was, it was a lot. Of, you know, a lot of people worked really hard here to make that to make on our end to make that happen, and hundreds of people worked hard. You know, for the last fifty years to make that happen as well. So it was it was a it was a great project to be a part of. We we had a guest on on a podcast who came on Gary Libicari, who writes a baseball blog, um, and and old time baseball photos and all that. And Gary <laughs> talked about the East West All Star Games, which obviously came sort of right out of that, and and that was yeah. really fascinating to understand how how popular that was, and that that history is really important to baseball. So yeah. we're we're thrilled that that's that stuff is included. Um, just turning for a second because you have you guys have launched obviously Sports Reference, which is. I'm not saying new, the components of sport reference, I think were around, but as a aggregate. um, So talk about that because it's college, it's, it's all, it's other sports. um, And just the vastness of the data just kind of blows my mind a little bit. Yeah. It's a, it's a little overwhelming at times for me as well. We, I mean, we have, so currently we have seven, I think it's seven sites, uh, eight sites uh, Mm -hmm. include stat head. So we have, you know, so if you listeners are likely familiar with baseball reference already, we have the same thing basically for pro basketball, um, pro hockey, pro football, uh, and then college football and college basketball, uh, at least on the men's side. We're, we're hoping to launch a women's college basketball site this, this winter, I think. Um, and so we have, and then international soccer. And so we, um, you know, those, those sites all launched different times. Pro football was actually like only 11 months after baseball reference when that launched. Uh, and then pro basketball was maybe three years later and then hockey, you know, another three years and then college, like a year or two after that. So those, all, all of those sites, except for soccer have been around for like 10 years now, at least, you know, most 10 to 15 years. Um, so they've grown in size. Basketball is actually almost as popular as the baseball site at this point. What? We've given, I know I, I, it's shocking to me as well. But the international audience for basketball is so strong. I mean, right. like, you know, Australia is like our third biggest audience, uh, you know, because of their use of pro basketball. So, um, and then the soccer site's only two or three years old because that that's the world of pro soccer is vast. I mean, it makes makes baseball and minor league baseball and foreign baseball look, you know, like child's play almost <laughs> and competitions and all that. So it's, you know, we, we, we've, I think we have a good offering there, but it's been a little hard to get, get our uh, feet in the door uh, with that. And then we have our stat head tool, which is a, which launched about a year and a half ago which is uh, which was a repackaging of the play index tools that we had on baseball and some of the other sports. Um, and, and that is our, that's our subscription feature. And basically it allows you to kind of access our database and run your own queries and build your own leaderboards and make your own lists of, you know, weird and unusual statistics or, 
uh, you know, your own your own favorites. So that that that's something that we've also been building out substantially. Uh, you know, and that's available across. But we, we don't yet have it on the college on the college side, but for the pro side, that that's still available across all sides. Honestly, it's pretty fun because we 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 probably should have looked at that because a lot of this podcast was born out of a very particular data argument that my father and I had all the time, which was did hitters back in the 1920s and 30s and 40s have consistently higher averages in the seventh, eighth and ninth innings because the same pitchers would pitch the full baseball game every single time. So it stand to reason that like. If they're not having it, they're going to get hit harder in the late innings. We were actually able to go back through baseball reference and started checking out. And what we saw was it was less that it made the hitters better back in the old days, but rather the hitters today suffer way more from having to face relief pitching. Right, right. And it was. Yeah, yeah. There's very much a third time through the. I hadn't thought about that, whether like, you know, Lou Gehrig got a big advantage because he saw so many pitchers the third time through the third or fourth time through the order, which doesn't happen, rarely happens now. So, um, you know, it's an interesting question. I hadn't thought of that. We, we, we put it under the idea that Ty Cobb had it so much easier than Mike Trout, right? He's got the <laughs> highest career average, you know, and he, but as it turns out, it, it didn't play out as everything that exactly the way you thought it wasn't linear. Like, Oh yeah, sure. It's yeah. universal. Like some guys actually, I think Aaron was better in the seventh, eighth and ninth innings, okay. you, you know, uh, and then Ted Williams well, was better in the first in like four five seven. and six than in one, two, okay. three or seven, yeah. eight and nine. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah, it, uh, yeah. Um, yeah, I know. I know Stephen Jay Gould wrote wrote an article about the 400 hitter and how you know. I mean, populations tend to get more and more specialized, and that reduces the variance in the. Uh, you know, that's why we haven't seen a 400 hitter. Basically, was his argument is that just things as things get more refined and the better players are always getting to the pros and all that. So yeah, that's I hadn't thought about the the role that relievers might play. Well, and, and, and the stat head is, you know, it's, it's totally, it's $8 a month or something like that. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's totally reasonable. And it's, it isn't, you know, there's so much data you can't use. It's a better way to use the data within baseball reference than trying to do a search. You almost, you go out and you come back in if you have a query and it'll take you to the page because there's yeah. this, it's so difficult to understand that. Um, the the uh, I, I noticed you're a member of Saber and you won the Henry Chadwick Award and we're a couple of few people that actually know who Henry Chadwick was. Uh, but um, when it comes to Saber um, and and the history, what would you say like you would find in Saber because uh, it's a different experience and a, and a good experience, but it's it's not what Baseball Reference offers. So what would you say? Yeah. Well, are, are you two Saber members at all? Or? I, I I am. Yeah, you are. Okay. I. So I don't know if you've been to the national conventions or anything like that. Not yet. I, I think I think there's a perception that the Saber that Saber as an organization is like a bunch of people just crunching numbers and analyzing stats all day. And I and I would say that's actually a a pretty small minority of the people who are in Saber are actually like doing statistical analysis. It's really more about the history of the game, and, and so it's more about um, you know there are organiz- there are there are research committees for. Uh, Latin baseball research committees for collect for baseball cards research committees for images of baseball uh, you know baseball and movies uh, the Negro leagues things like that so it's really it's people who have um, you know a passionate interest in some as you know either some aspect or a more general aspect of baseball whether it's historical or even present day and, and um, you know it's it's a way for them to uh, to find people who are, who are like minded. Um, yeah, you know, yeah. for me, it was um, you know I grew up right. Um, I was born in the early '70s, and so I grew up like right. 
in college, I was like right before the internet and then graduate school, I was in the internet. And so I, you know, so I had, you know, for me, like getting on a web board and finding somebody who cared about the Pirates minor league system the way I did, or the, you know, wanting to look at, you know, who had created like multiple spreadsheets for their fantasy baseball draft and things like that. Um, you know, that was, that was eye-opening for me and Sabre's kind of that type of organization. You can meet uh, these people either virtually or, or in person and, and, and really find, you know, like-minded people. I, you know, I, the perception probably is that I would know a lot of baseball trivia, but when I've entered the Sabre trivia contest, I think <laughs> one year I finished like second to last in, 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 the, in the initial, uh, in the initial uh, thing. And so it, it it's, um, it's people who um, who are just very passionate about baseball, and and so I I I have a cohort of friends that I I met there the first time I went, and and tend to come every year to the conference. They haven't had it the last two summers, right? Right. Um, but I I always it's you know my my, my wife uh, hates it when I say this, but it's like my fa- four favorite days of the year is going to the Saber Convention, <laughs> geek out at a ballpark <laughs> that you probably might not have been to, and 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 just. You know, usually close down the bar, arguing about uh, you know nineteen about Ricky Henderson versus Tim Raines and stuff like that. So it's it, it's a great time. I really am. And, and and the history, right? You know, what makes baseball stats so great is a you've got box scores that can go back a hundred yeah. or more years, and and not that the other sports don't have, but they don't have that history. So it's interesting you said that basketball, because of its international aspect, may have more. You know, because baseball is so so. Yeah. Mostly American, but not even anymore, right, right, you know, right. that way. But the 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 data and the richness of it going all the way, that's why all the work you guys did on the Negro Leagues and all that stuff, that's, that ain't easy, right? Go back right. and dig that stuff up and find it. And is it real? Is it verified? How do we cross-reference yeah. that stuff? Um, these are a lot of written accounts at times that you have to sort of parse out and go, well, you know, it might be the best we have, so we might as well right. go with it. I, just, I, don't, right. I don't know. You can tell us. Yeah, no, that's definitely accurate. I mean, the people at Seamheads, the people, so we 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 do very little like first, um, do, like uh, uh, primary source research in our in our group. We we do some. We have like a newspapers account, so we'll. There are some things where you know we um, one of our uh, data developers right now is is working on uh, filling in NBA basketball draft history, and we're finding a lot of errors in what we have now. And she's going through and like finding colleges and biographical information. For all these players who were drafted in the 50s, 60s, 70s, and so we do do primary source uh, research ourselves. But yeah, the people in like Seamheads and RetroSheet who are who are like going to a library, looking up microfilm, right. scrolling through the microfilm, you know, taking a picture of it or or printing it out and then translating it into a machine readable format. You know, those, those those are the real heroes, I think. And that's in romantic. Background. That's romantic in my life. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I I told Dave Smith, who's the head of RetroSheet, that I, you know, I feel like uh, the Macmillan Encyclopedia was like Mount Rushmore, and 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 RetroSheet is like Crazy Horse Monument. I mean, in terms of like the you know, it's like ten times sure. bigger and more elaborate, and, and just you know, I mean, it's crazy that it, it's it. it it's actually mind boggling that they've gotten to where they are, that we literally have a box score of every American league game and every national league game back to 1901. I mean, that's just, that's preposterous. How's that possible? So the fact that they've been able to do that, you know, is just, is just, you know, phenomenal. And, 
And they've done it all as a volunteer organization and give it all away for free to anybody who wants to use it. So it's, it's a beautiful it's, thing. It, it's really, you know, if anybody should be in the Hall of Fame, probably Dave Smith and Retro <laughs> should be in the Hall of Fame. So um, uh, non, so the non-tech savvy baseball fan, we talk about the, the, the people probably that listen to our podcast. Any, any, any tips on how they might get more out of BR and, and what they sure. might do? Yeah, so we, um, we we have a lot of, it's very funny, we get a lot of emails from people like, oh, it would be great if you did X, and like, we had that feature for the last 10 years on our website. <laughs> so it, 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 uh, it's a little frustrating, but um, one thing, you know, that I would say is anything that you see is like, that is like red text on our page, that means that if you click that, you'll probably, something interesting will happen there. Maybe it'll be, you know, it'll be a glossary for something, or it'll be, um, you know, on some of the, on the game logs, if you click the plate appearances, it'll show you the outcome of all, all the plate appearances in that game for that player. If you click on, you know, the career game number, it'll show you his career totals through that game. Uh, and, and same with the season totals, it'll show you his season totals through that game. Um, so anytime you see like red text on the page, that probably indicates there's additional information. Um, we also, on many of our pages, um, I don't, people don't always realize this, but if you click on like two rows, so say you go to a column that doesn't have any links in it, click on a row, click on another row, of like on a player, you know, pitching mm -hmm. record, you know, click on 2000 and 2005, we automatically sum up those values for you and then present the totals and the averages there oh. for you. Oh, that's, pages. that's actually, that's really good. Cause one of the things we talk about, I'm blanking on the name, uh, the seven sustained years of excellence. Oh, the, uh, like the, a seven year peak sort of thing. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Like that's actually really helpful. Cause that's one of the ways when we're looking at people's I, I, careers. Yeah. yeah. So, so, so yeah. So if you go on any player page and go to their batting stats and, and don't click where there's a link, but click on the other, you know, click like, you know, on the, in the home run column or something like click in one, one row and then another row, it'll do a sum and an average for those, for those seasons between those two rows, same way on the game logs, it'll do that as well. So um, the other, and if, you know, we, we have our basic player pages, but we have, you know, beyond that, we have so much other stuff. We have the game logs for all the players. We have splits for all the players. We have, um, you know, minor league stats for nearly all the players. Um, in college stats for a lot of active players now and, and more recent, recent players. Um, you know, we've got, um, you know, so we have what we call a band stat pages. And so those are, you know, we have the nav bar. So when you scroll down, mm -hmm. it depends on if you're on your phone or on, on desktop, but you know, there's, there's, there are, there are areas where it says like more pages for this player. Uh, the advanced stat pages have a lot of really interesting stuff in there. For instance, you know, if you're looking at a shortstops page, like you go to his advanced defense page, we'll tell you how many times he turned a 6-4-3 double play or a 4-3 unassisted double, you know, 4-3 double play or how many times, uh, you know, a runner went from first to third on a single versus how many times they only went from first to second. All that kind of base running stuff is in there. How many times they stole third base, how many times they stole second base, um, you know, caught stealing for those. Um you know, how many times they came up with the bases loaded kinds of things, you know, all that stuff is available on these kind of deeper pages. So, um, you know, you, we, it's hard to have, if you make everything prominent, then nothing is. And so it's very hard to like, you know, walk people through all these different sections, right. but, um, you know, it's, it's a very rich resource. And, 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 you know, I think the more time you spend on it, the, the, the better you become at using it and the more uh, useful it'll be as, as, as you go through it. 
So is there, uh, and, and I should know this, but I don't, let's say I wanted to know what a pitcher actually threw in an individual game, actual pitches. So yeah, you mean like basketball, curveball, like, yeah, sequencing? That is, yeah, okay. You've hit the one, you know, one of the bigger gaps we have. So we don't, okay. we don't have that. I mean that that information would be available back probably seven or eight years, I think, right. for you know, for major right. baseball. Um, we we do have we've just never published it, but we do. One thing we did add is we have added recently like exit velocity for batters oh. and launch angle and. Um, I think we may have fastball velocity. I, I think we added that this this fall, maybe this spring, but I, I'm not a hundred not a hundred percent certain about that. But we do we do we are starting to move into some of these other things. The thing we do have is we can't, you know, back to like 88, we can actually tell you ball strike counts and all that for every for every batter. And so so that information, you know, we can tell you what um you know, what, uh, what, um, Wade Boggs hit on a three, two count, you know, in the 1992 season or, you know, something like that. So, so we do, we do have information like that. Yeah. And, and, and by the way, if you're going to take a picture like Mariano Rivera and put him in there, you would just put cutter down for every pitch. Cause that's all right. we have. We don't really <laughs> he, need to He know makes that. it a lot easier on you. I don't know if you've ever, there, there was a book called, uh, so Rob Nyer, uh, wrote a yeah. book about he and Bill James together, like guide to pitchers or something like that. That actually I, I'm familiar with it. Yeah. yeah researched historically each pitcher's uh, pitch you know repertoire and uh, I, I talked to Rob one time about like can I license that from you can I buy the rights to use that information on our site and he actually he actually said they like lost all that information and so they, I don't think they have it available anymore to them wow. so I suppose if we wanted to we could probably just pay an intern to like copy it out of the book and put it on the page you know maybe we'll <laughs> do that at some point but it it, it uh, there, there are a number of things we do like that that are kind of sweat of the brow sort of thing. So, so that might be something we could do. I think, I mean, the last thing that I kind of wanted to bring up here, I'm not sure if you have anything else. So one of the things is like, it's kind of a two part thing, but one of the things is with the rise of advanced stats and especially I think fantasy sports, I feel like the average sports fan today in terms of not necessarily their mastery of understanding the statistics they're looking at, but the average fan is a lot more aware of the advanced stats that they're looking at. And you see it a lot with baseball, how we talk about a lot of the traditional things like RBIs are kind of devalued in today's day and age because of our statistical understanding of the game. Do you think major league baseball is ever going to look at maybe using advanced stats for doing some of their awards, like a most valuable offensive player where it's looking at their home runs, OPS plus and on base percentage right. instead of the traditional home runs are our average and RBI. Right. right. Uh, I, I, I mean, there Obviously, the front offices are all like all in on this, right? I mean, they 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 make all of their player personnel decisions using stats that are more advanced than even what we have because they have more access to more data than than than, than we do. Uh, in in terms of like awards, I you know I, I I would never propose like wins above replacement become the way you define the MVP. It's just not that exact of a statistic. And mm -hmm. It's a derivative uh, stat. I always tell people. So why would you use that? It's, it's a derivative stat, which is great for what right. it is. Right, right. It's not. Yeah, it, 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 it's it's an approximation. It's an estimate of what what the player's value is. And I think it's a good estimate, but it is still an estimate with error bars around it. And and you know the narrative of the season is important. It's not you know it, it's you know what Otani's doing deserves to be recognized. He has the most war, but even if he was you know slightly behind somebody else, you know I'd probably argue that he should probably still get the get the MVP. Mm -hmm. 
Um, You'd argue about that. <laughs> I think there's a guy in Toronto that would want to argue about that. Probably, probably. Um, we, uh, yeah, it, it, it's so. So, I, in terms of like awards, I mean, we've actually like joked that we should create like uh, some sort of a you know right. award for like the highest award total at each position or something like that. Um, I actually own the domain, the Refies. Uh, so you know, if we ever <laughs> if we ever do that, that's what we'd use. But. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I think I, I wouldn't be I wouldn't be uh, pushing to to I, I think the awards voters are probably incorporating a lot of those things into their thinking as well. I definitely see that, um, you know, in the discussion. And, and so it's uh, actually one of our uh, one of our baseball developers, uh, Dan Hirsch, is actually a voter for the AL Rookie of the Year this year because he's a member of several of us are members of the Baseball Writers of America. And so he actually got tabbed to. Cool. To, uh, to vote for the AL Rookie of the Year. So, um, you know, the, I think the voters can probably make their own decisions about what stats they want to use. And I, I, I feel good about that. I do think we may see like one place where those traditional stats are probably still being used that's relevant is things like arbitration and, uh, you know, things like that. Sure. I do think we'll see the leads. It would not surprise me if in like the next bargaining agreement, there's a discussion of using some of these more advanced stats rather than using, you know, hits and innings pitched and strikeouts and stuff like that for, uh, you know, for, for arbitration, um, you know, levels and things like that. And, and I think, I think the, the MVP itself, it's more of a semantical discussion about what your interpretation of what oh, yeah, most valuable yeah, yeah, we, is. Yeah. I trust so, me. I, I, uh, I've been on the internet a long time. So I've had yeah. a many, many, I, many, many <laughs> arguments about whether it's for the best player on the best team or, or the best player, regardless of team. Uh, I, I, <laughs> I just kind of click, you know, close the browser and move on. I've heard every argument that could possibly be. You could have finished last yeah, without I, you, you know, the, all that stuff on there. <laughs> from the past that, that you read about um like if a like homer is scored in a meaningless game doesn't count uh kind of <laughs> <laughs> no, you're describing steve garvey um uh pitcher okay my last question actually and i should have asked this before gordon asked what was a better question about you know uh overall stats pitcher war versus hitter war uh, we we refer in the show, and, and, and we maybe we're wrong about this, but we tend to have a little bit more understanding of the hitter war than really trying to evaluate pitcher war. Maybe you could talk right. about that just a little. Yeah, and it's I mean that that's um, yeah that's always a contentious one. I, I, I definitely feel Joe Posnanski wrote an article where he kind of took took to task our pitcher war, which I, I didn't necessarily agree with, but the um, yeah. I think part of the issue also is like if you, the two main flavors of war are fan graphs and our war. And I think fan graphs does a fine job with what they do. And, and, and I think their, um, their statistic can tell you a lot as well. I, our batting, our batting numbers look very similar that they, they, you know, there are different little differences in how we do park factors. We use slightly different defensive numbers than they do. Um, I think we're, I feel like we're a little more exact in some of the ways we account for offensive stats and stuff, you know, we, we like, we count infield hits where they count, count a single as a single, whether it's infield or outfield, even though their run value is a little bit different. So, that, so, you know, I think on the offensive side, we're pretty well aligned on the pitching side. We use very different methods. They're using FIP, which is, you know, mm -hmm. just looking at, you know, strikeouts, walks and home runs. We're, we basically start with the number of runs the pitcher allows, um, not unearned, uh, including unearned runs. 
Uh, and then from there, we start to start to make adjustments. So we make an adjustment based on the quality of opposition. So we obviously know every team that the pitcher faced. And so we you know, can adjust for the opposition quality. If you've got a you know, if you line up against the Dodgers, you know, 10 times in a year, that's different than facing the Orioles 10 times. So expectation is going to be different. Uh, we do the same for park factors. So, you know, pitchers, only, a starter may only throw, throw 30 games. So the, the, you know, even on the same team, a starter for the Dodgers may be in Colorado for all the trips to Colorado and miss the games in San Diego. So, you know, we try to account for that on a, on a uh, player by player level. And then from there, we account for the defense as well. And so we use our defensive numbers, which we use in the batter war to then adjust the team quality. And so all of those adjustments kind of go into the mix. And there's always one guy, one, you know, each year who's like all three things are aligned either in his favor or against him. And so his number just looks weird. You know, like Wade Miley was that guy this year. And for whatever reason, the Reds defense looks horrible. He's facing only really good offenses, pitching only in good pitcher park, you know, hitting parks, you know, the, the Reds field was, we, we had to make an adjustment because of 2020 really skewed some of our park factors. Yeah. So we made an adjustment in August, I think for that, but all three of those things aligned for him. So he's been leading in pitcher war in the NL for much of the year. And like, people are like, wait, what? Riley, are you kidding me? <laughs> How is I, this I, guy? I, you know, give it, you know, think about it. And, and you know, it, it, the math checks out on our end. So we're just, you know, I, 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 um, it, it's, I understand the skepticism, but I do feel, you know, I mean, one of the issues, obviously, is you have a little bit of uncertainty in each of those three right, things. Right. And, and so, you know, you just got to gotta put a little bit of an error bar around there. And, and maybe, maybe you don't think Miley's the best pitcher, but maybe you should think about, you know, is he in the top five? You know, or, are you missing something? About or, or maybe what you're not realizing is, yes, you're, it's confusing, but you have to realize what a different pitcher would look like if he was pitching in the same right. circumstances as right. Miley. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Just evaluating yeah, it's, yeah. numbers. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and and Colin Burns, you know, might uh, you know might might have a much different uh, might have a might have a much different uh, and Burns might have a much different um, you know setup that he, that he's in. So mm-hmm. you know, you, you got we try to make everything apples to apples, and and, and you know, it's sometimes sometimes um, you know the the differences end up being uh, you know we we see a lot of things pile up in one person's favor, and it might lead to a number that people don't don't necessarily buy. There's lots of data. There'll be lots of data anomalies. That's just the way they go together. Yeah, and right. I saw this morning that um, uh, Jacob Degrom, our favorite pitcher, as as Met fans, right? His season um, actually compared favorably with Dennis Eckersley's Cy Young season in 1992. Jake had a lower in every statistic. You know, he outperformed it. That doesn't mean that Jacob Degrom should win the Cy Young award because he, <laughs> he pitched for like three months. <laughs> right, but he pitched more innings than Eckersley did. He had more strikeouts. He had oh, yeah. better, better every I single. I hadn't thought of it. Yeah. Yeah. Every, every yeah, step. Yeah. So you, you have, you have, you can't identify, obviously we all know this in a vacuum. Yeah. So that, that's what it means. You, you take them, they're supposed to be supportive and, and it's kind of fun if they don't all agree all the time, because now you've got something you can argue about. Right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, I, I, absolutely. Yeah. And I, obviously I meant Cor- Corbin Burns. Not Corbin not, Burns. Not right. 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 Colin Burns, right. But, right. Uh, right. A, a, anyway, the, um, yeah, that's absolutely true. And, and, and you know, I, I mean, I'll be honest with you. The, 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 the reliever Cy Young slash MVP awards are probably the worst, uh, in my opinion, the worst ones that have been given out over the last, you know, 50 years. But 
Um, yeah, it's it's you know putting all of those things in context is is uh, you know is what we try to do. So, well, great. Well, thank you, number one. That this is actually you know uh, just what I think Gordon and I hoped. You gave us all kinds of stuff that we hadn't thought about, we hadn't considered, and and I'm sure the people that listen to our podcast will appreciate it as do we. I I, I appreciate that. I I would uh, you know if. We, we always, StatHit is free for the first month. So if somebody's on here and hasn't tried it, they can always go sign up. And the first month is free. You can cancel anytime. So, you know, give it a whirl and see it, you know, give it a try and, and uh, you know, look up some own num- some numbers for your own arguments and, and uh, you know, ho- hopefully win those arguments at a, at a higher rate than you, uh, <laughs> than you were before. Well, and, 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 and the site is just really easy to use. So you mentioned Fangrass, which is a good site. I, I like it, but it's not what I use baseball reference for. So there's okay. just, you know, they, they can coexist. It just depends on how Absolutely. you Absolutely. Uh, how you want to do that. So, yeah. well, once again, thank you. Thanks for listening. Subscribe to our podcast on your favorite platform. And you can follow us on Twitter at Almost Cool.